This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater, and you are tuned to News Talk 1010. So, again, I have to say, another busy week in real estate, blah, 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 blah. You know what? I think most of you could probably take all my shows and hear me say that every single week. And the funny thing is, it's not scripted. It actually is the truth. Everything seems to happen every single week without fail. There's always something happening in real estate. You know what? How many of you are sitting around your kitchen table at some point talking about real estate, the water cooler cooler at work? I mean, it is just what it is. It seems to always be that one of the most important topics. You know, when I come into the studio here talking to a lot of the, the different hosts and our managers and everything else, there's always a question about real estate and I'm always happy to answer it. And by the way, if you do have questions on real estate, just simply go to thesimpleinvestor.com. You can find out more to send us out an email. Happy to answer questions because it's one of the things that we love to do. And speaking of people that love to do things, um, I got uh, Tim Hudak joining me uh, in a little while. You know, it's always great to have Tim as a guest. Uh, awesome to have him on the show. And uh, again, of course, if you remember, he was a former, former uh, leader of the Progressive Conservative Party, and he's now going to be the CEO of OREA coming up in the fall. And uh, But great guy to have. He talks a lot about real estate, understands it, understands a lot of the public's needs. And I think that, uh, you know, Tim will always be an advocate to get, you know, uh, you know, uh, better ability for builders to build. And I think that's one of the reasons why we struggle here so much in Toronto and Ontario is the fact that government has uh, has really handcuffed a lot of the builders and is not allowing them to build and keep the development going because really it comes down to an inventory problem. And this is where a lot of our pent-up demand comes from. And if we don't get enough inventory, it makes prices go up and definitely something that we have to focus on. Now, I get it. We're, we're surrounded by green area and the funny thing south of us is that lake. But um, ultimately, in the end, we still need to be able to build and take care of the people that require places to live. Um, you know, it's interesting, though. When you talk about real estate groups, we always like to talk about you know, uh, TREB, okay, because it's, you know, local to Toronto here. But ARIA, which is the Ontario Real Estate Association, really is the one that uh, is, is, you know, province-wide. And we like to talk about, you know, who's controlling what. And the Ontario Real Estate Association warned that matching British Columbia's 15% tax in Metro Vancouver for buyers who are not Canadian citizens or permanent residents would harm the economy. And um, so, the, the, these letters were actually sent to uh, Ontario Finance Minister Charles Souza and Toronto Mary, uh, Mayor John Tory. And I have to agree with this. Uh, Ray Ferris, who is the president of ARIA, we've had him on as a guest. Uh, Ray is awesome, uh, you know, understanding the provincial real estate. And we've got to always keep our heads out of Toronto because Toronto is unique. But don't forget, there's there's thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of properties that surround the greater Toronto area in, you know, all sorts of different pockets. And so Ontario itself, if we, our knee-jerk reaction is to eliminate foreign buyers from all of Ontario, we're not just eliminating, eliminating them from Toronto because we can't be that site-specific. You know, can you imagine? Here's the thing. Um, if you're on this side of Young Street, foreign buyers get taxed. If you're on that side of the Young Street, they don't. So you can't do it that way. So you have to do province-wide. And by doing that, you know, this is could hurt more of the outer markets because 
if there is some form of foreign ownership that's coming in, it's not necessarily a bad thing in some of these marketplaces. It'd be great for us, you know, as I say, if we could turn around and and build up the East Coast, that would be awesome. So maybe do we give them a tax break? So if we're going to do it here in Ontario where we're saying we're taxing them, well, why don't we throw them out to Labrador and see if maybe they could buy some real estate there as investment and maybe it'll help us out there. But Again, Ray Ferris uh, from Aria, uh, you know, he did make a, make a uh, you know, they wrote a letter to Mr. Souza. And one of the things was that, you know, let's not have a knee-jerk reaction. But my question then would be is how long do we wait? You know, a lot of people are saying, but hang on, prices continue to go up. Well, folks, they've been going up for the last 10 years. So it's not, it's not something that's just happened. Yes, I know our percentage this year up over 20% in the GTA area mostly. And I know this year has been an exceptional year for increases. But at the same time, it's been this way for a long time. And are we getting close to the New York, New York market? Are we becoming like a Manhattan? Is, is Toronto New York City of the North? And that's one of the things that we have to consider. Being a world-class market, there's going to be some stability in real estate. It's always going to be sought after. There's going to be people that always want to live here. Can we cool the market off by putting this tax in or is it going to hurt us and affect us? You know, I talk a lot about that right now because to me, it's a very it's a very slippery slope. And if we don't get the right numbers, I think that there's going to be some mistakes made. When we turn, take a look at Vancouver, because we always have to refer back to them because they have now turned around, implemented it. We're into it over over two months now. And home sales in the region dropped an annualized 26%. The real, the real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver reported 26% drop. Now, that's not dollar-wise, but that's volume-wise. So all of a sudden, it's just ground to a halt. What I think we're going to start seeing is I think we're going to see stabilize, stabilization of the actual prices. They're going to stop. And if that happens, then this is where we're going to see the market start to soften. Meanwhile, we know that about 17% increase in Toronto dollar-wise and that's where everybody's getting upset. So we're going to keep our eyes on it for sure. And one of the things that I need uh, everybody to keep in mind, not all the numbers that come out of Vancouver are going to be correct. As we know this from day one, uh, the numbers have been all over the map. And so I hope that the powers to be here in Ontario are going to be smart about it. And they're going to turn around and make sure they analyze them correctly before they make a mistake. You've got your biggest real estate boards are saying, listen, it's not a great idea. But on top of that, a lot of my listeners I know who've commented are they're saying, well, look, it's all just the greedy realtors because they're thinking that, you know, it's the realtors who are making all the money. There's not a lot of realtors that deal with actually uh, foreign investment. Um, that's very specific field, by the way. So you don't your general realtors here. If we're talking forty or fifty thousand realtors in the in the GTA area, very very few people um, actually deal with foreign investors. You know, it's basically it's your neighbor who's selling homes, it's your your sister or brother selling homes. We don't have a lot of them dealing with foreign investors, and so that's a very specific market. So. A lot of our realtors are actually looking out for the good of the actual homeowners and potentially the home buyers. Now, when we talk about real estate, you know, I always need to bring up investment real estate. And, you know, my analogy is this. When we talk about the the market itself, when we look at actual ownership of investment real estate, why is it such a good thing? Well, if I look down at my wrist and if I owned an Apple Watch, which I do not, technology has changed. But no matter what, it can't change the effect that people need to live somewhere. 
So no matter what, everybody's got to have a roof over their head. So are you the owner of that investment real estate for tenancies or are you the person that's going to be the tenant? Well, the reason why I bring this up is because today I've got a very interesting guest that's going to join me. He's never been on the show before and he is author Alex Avery and he actually penned a book called The Wealthy Renter. And Alex's take on it is that he believes that you're much better off renting your primary residence, meaning your principal place where you live, than owning it. So does that turn around and tell you you shouldn't own investment real estate? Actually, make sure you stay tuned because Alex and I actually will agree on a few things that are going to be, you know, part of investment real estate. So he, you know, he pretty much says if you own your own principal residence, you're living in it, bad thing. But, and, and he says that in his book, but investment real estate is actually a good thing. And this is why I always bring it up. Um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, of course, we've got our final seminar of the year, the Simple Seminar, coming up October 19th at 7 p.m. Make sure you go to thesimpleinvestor.com to register today. It's not just about me trying to sell you anything because, quite frankly, we got nothing to sell you. Leave your credit card at home. There's no tapes. There's nothing. Uh, for those of you that uh, that have listened to me for years now, um, you know we, we don't pressure anybody into anything. In fact, I don't have anything technically to sell you. Um, people get on the list. We have new developments. In fact, uh, I'd like to congratulate all of our investors out there for their latest acquisition um, in Sarnia and Corona. Everybody's close. Congratulations to our, all our new investors. And of course, I'd like to congratulate our current investors who have added to their portfolio. Uh, wonderful to see that there's 150 investment units now owned by people and their tenants are always paying their rent every single month. It's a wonderful program. If you want to find out more, go to thesimpleinvestor.com. But of course, you can come to the Simple Seminar and we can talk more about it. Really important that we break it down for you. But more importantly, when we take a look at the current opportunities in the world, where do you get returns like you do in investment real estate? Positive cash flowing investment real estate can give you returns anywhere from 15 to 25% annually on your down payment. And that's the money you have invested. Uh, there's really nothing like it. And this is why investment real estate continues to outshine any other investment model. Also, coming up at the seminar, we are going to talk further about the Simple RSP program. This is where your RSPs can gain 8 to 10% interest every single year. It's actually used as a mortgage product, and uh, we are partnered with Community Trust and Butler Mortgage, and they are doing all our administration of it. It's a great program. We've just launched it. Uh, we've been very kind of slow getting into it because we wanted to make sure that it was working for the people involved. It is doing phenomenally well, and so now we're going to open it up to absolutely everybody. So uh, it's called the Simple RRSP Program, and it allows you to get better returns for your RRSP. So we're very excited about that. There's a lot going on this fall, um, and I can tell you that we're going to be watching the market right until the end of the year because I don't think we're going to see any hiccup. But the question is, will the province implement a uh, foreign investor tax? I don't know, but again, I'd like to give a shout out to the Premier and the Mayor. Happy to have you on anytime. You know where to reach me because I'm your host, Todd C. Slater, right here at News Talk 1010 Simply Real Estate every single week. 
And uh, 4 p.m., that's it. You know what? That's the important thing. So coming up, uh, I've got Tim Hudak joining me. Always a pleasure to have Tim. Always a great interview. I had him on the show a little while ago, and it was such a great time. I thought it would be great if we played that interview again. Uh, it's always um, always awesome to have a chat with him. And since uh, since we did have this, we thought it would be best that maybe we, we, we bring that one back to you and let you listen to it again. So uh, you can, uh, if you stay tuned, when I come back, you'll hear my interview, my previous interview with Tim Hudak and what he has to say about real estate and really the economy. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. More of Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back to the show. Hey, listen, just before the break, as I mentioned, I have two very, very special guests joining me. Um, you might know their names, well, at least one for sure. Uh, Tim Hudak, does that ring a bell? Former uh, leader of the Progressive Conservative Party. And hey, guess what? You know what? New title coming in, CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association. That's huge, folks. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. And along with uh, Aria, what have we've got is Ray Ferris. He is joining us. He is president of the Ontario Real Estate Association. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Good to see you, Todd. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Tim, I'd like to congratulate you on your appointment to CEO. Thank you, sir. And uh, Ray, of course, you've been a, a guest here with us in the past. Uh, I think we, you and I were talking about six months ago when you were president-elect. And, uh, you know, there's a lot going on right now in, uh, in Ontario, isn't there, Ray? Absolutely. It was, uh, it's great to be back again, Todd. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm now in the role of the president of the association. And uh, the real estate market is strong everywhere across the province. And we're dealing with a lot of issues, and Tim's here to help us uh, deal with those issues. Well, you know, it must be very comforting uh, to have somebody like Tim come into the association with you. You know, he's obviously got an incredible legacy of being able to be a top negotiator, looking out for people's best interest. Um, Ray, why do you think one of the reasons why, you know, it's so important to have somebody like Tim come on board? I mean, what should the public be looking at, and, and, and what, are we, what are we really dealing with right now? Well, to answer your first question, why Tim? Uh, the board of directors embarked upon an exhaustive search for a new CEO after our current CEO uh, announced his retirement. And Tim was appealing to us based in part on his 20 years of public service and executive management experience. And Tim was no stranger to the Ontario Real Estate Association. For example, during his time at Queen's Park, he's been a strong advocate for Ontario homeowners and issues that our association supports. And Tim's leadership is going to be a great asset to Ontario realtors and homeowners. We've had a long, positive working relationship with Tim on a number of issues, such as uh, electronic signatures in real estate transactions, uh, the creation of a grow-up registry, and most recently, stopping the spread of the municipal and transfer tax. 
Well, you know, Ray, those are all very, very key points. And I have to tell you, as as a former realtor, um, the the whole electronic signature thing is is a big plus because that's one of the one of the struggling points. And, and Tim, I didn't know that you actually had a hand in that. Yeah, I mean, it was one of my my colleagues. That was Todd Smith, right, Ray? It was. Yeah. So Todd Smith, who's a member out for the Belleville area, um, he was our uh, conservative MPP. It brought that forward. It passed in the House. It made a hell of a lot of sense. And his leader, right, I encouraged him and, and made sure that that uh, that got done. And you know, uh, just to take it back a, a couple steps, I'm really excited about this. I, I was thinking a lot. I'm 48 now. I know you're looking at me here, uh, Todd. You're thinking, you know, he's probably 36. I am. I am 48. <laughs> I am 48. It's the opposite. Politics takes a toll. And one thing that always was was a driving um, force for me in the way I thought about public policy issues was the value of home ownership. And as a result, I got to work with Ray and uh, Aria over a, a lot of my 21 years in politics, including as a consumer minister right. in the early uh, 2000s. And I started thinking, I, I don't want to be a lifer in politics. There was one job I wanted. I didn't get it. It's been a tremendous honor to serve. But I was looking to exit, and I said, what kind of people do I want to work with? Like, where do I want to spend the next part of my career? And I always thought I hit it off really well with realtors. I liked their energy, their entrepreneurial drive, their individualism. And when they interviewed me for the job, I was pumped about it, and I'm thrilled I got it. Yeah, exciting. That, you know what, Tim, I have to tell you, uh, for and, and we do have a lot of realtors that listen to the show because they call in all the time when we do our call-ins. And they know that I, you know, it's not that I'm going to speak for them, but, you know, I have to tell you, the realtors should be thanking uh, Aria that they have hired you. Um, folks, you, you know I try to keep it simple. I try to keep it straight. And the truth is, is that when you have somebody that's going to be able to advocate for realtors, for the public in a very balanced way. This is so important because real estate, you know, it, it does have a, a teetering point. It can get a little bit dicey. And for the public, sometimes they don't feel that, uh, you know, they've got somebody representing them. Uh, for realtors, they struggle with the same thing. I think that you really are going to bring a balancing act to ARIA. And I think that's going to be very important in the future. Ray, when we were talking about some of the issues, anything really that um, that we should be looking at or the public needs to know that uh, that's going to be worked on in the future? We heard the finance minister say that he was looking at the foreign buyers tax that the uh, province of British Columbia implemented. And this tax was introduced with virtually no consultation and no notice. So Ontario realtors are keeping their eye on that and seeing what the Ontario government is going to do in that regard, if anything. Yeah, I'll tell you, that that one I've put up flags all the way across, and to all our listeners, they know this. I've been talking about this for the last month. I think that it was very unjust, the short notice. I think what they did was jeopardize a lot of Canadians that had already sold to foreign buyers. They, they, they shortchanged them so much that they started to have a lot of deals fall off. We had Debbie, uh, David Ebby out of, um, out of Vancouver. He's, uh, he's actually part of the NDP party. And uh, he was on with us, and he actually had a conversation to that effect with me. That um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of issues there. Um, you know, Tim, what do you think? I mean, is this something that we're going to be looking uh, at in the near future here in Ontario? Well, I, you know, I think I think Ray and and um, working on behalf of Aria and then Treb wrote a very good letter to the the Minister of Finance, basically outlining some of the points that you and, and Ray just talked about. Like, okay, let's hold on here. Let's make sure we have all the facts. Let's yep. see how it plays out in British Columbia. Um, I had the opportunity to do my master's in economics before getting into a career in politics, and all it is is economics 20, right? The first course, we learned about supply and demand. Sure. And I think we have some serious issues, actually, on the supply side. We have policies that restrict land supply. It's awfully expensive, right, to get a lot, to develop a lot. 
if we want to help with affordability, I think that is one of the biggest issues in the province. Agreed. Let's also look at the supply side. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And uh, you know, one of the things I just hope that if something does get implemented, it's not a knee-jerk reaction with such short notice because I think that was very short-sighted because I think the transactions that were currently in place should have been allowed to complete themselves and then have a start date, anything that was negotiated after that. And um, to maybe you and I, um, after we've gone to a break, can chat a little bit more about that. You bet. Because I think that's very important for our listeners to know. Hey, Ray, uh, listen, uh, always a pleasure to have you come on the show. And uh, perhaps we can uh, touch base with you in the next few months. We'll find out how we shake up here in Ontario with potentially, you know, any kind of taxes coming in. That's great, Todd. I'd be glad to be back. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Ray. Always a pleasure. And uh, we will talk with you soon. Take care, guys. Okay. Take care. Tim, when we come back from the break, I also want to delve a little bit uh, a little bit more historically with some of the things that you've made some changes over the years uh, for the Real Estate Association, some things that you've introduced. And uh, definitely, you know, I appreciate you being on the guest. So, folks, stay with us. When we come back, we've got more with Tim Hudick, and we are going to be talking about my favorite topic, real estate. So we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest now is uh, Tim Hudak. And you might know that name, former uh, leader of the Progressive Conservative Party. He is the new CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association as of September the 16th. And... uh, Tim, thanks for staying on with the show. We had Ray Ferris on uh, in the previous segment, and we were talking about, of course, you know, you becoming uh, this new CEO of Aria, and and I think it's a wonderful thing. And Ray was just touching on, of course, the Ontario market is very, very strong. And uh, I don't know if all our listeners truly know your background. In fact, I was I was actually quite taken back by you when you had uh, brought you know some of the things that you've actually been involved with. But yet, as as a person that's been in real estate for the last thirty years, I can tell you that I was really impressed because a lot of what you have implemented, uh, you know, has all had a very strong effect in real estate. One of them being Rico. Uh, so maybe you can uh, share with us just some of the things that you've had involvement in. Why you know why you've Taking this position, yeah, I mean, a, a couple of things. So um, it has been 21 years uh, in in politics. So I'm getting my my parole after 21 years of good behavior. <laughs> I'm escaping Queens Park. Yeah, thought a long time, but what I'd like to do, I didn't want to be a lifer. And when Aria came up, I was tremendously excited. So September 16th is when I'm stepping down right. as MPP. And and Ed Barisa, I think, a very well respected, one of the top respected uh, industry association. Uh, CEOs in the business retiring at the end of the year. So I'll transition later in the year yep, good. Uh, into the job. And um, what, what really attracted me to it, I, I said earlier about the people, I, I like the issues too. So I just think a fundamental value we have as Canadians is home ownership. I think it changes us as individuals. It's the biggest investment the vast majority of us will ever make in our lives. Fond memories, it's where you raise the family. I know it changed me as a man, as a person once I owned my first home. Yep. And so I've always thought in my public life about how do we make that more attainable? Because I really worry a lot that for a lot of new graduates or new Canadians, recently married couples, that Canadian dream of owning your own place is getting farther and farther out of touch. Yeah. And, you know, that's an interesting point when you were mentioning, you know, that everybody should um, be able to have some form of home ownership. I've always believed that. I think that real estate really is the backbone of 
both people's financial security, but also the foundation of all families, you know, knowing that they're going to have longevity in a property. The idea is, and, and I won't call it forced savings, but when you pay down a mortgage, obviously, everybody's now getting rid of some of their debt. Of course, if they don't go crazy with, you know, lines of credits and credit cards and always doing everything else, this really does set up a nest egg for their future, for their retirement that they can then eventually utilize. And of course, when you talk about primary residence, it is capital gains exempt. And so it does it does really set up a, a very positive you know note for a lot of people but tim you've been you've been involved in in, in quite a few uh, areas in real estate with a lot of things that you've been able to work on get past and create um, you know rico being one of them yeah of course so early days I remember being an early proponent of um, the exemption for the land transfer tax levels for new uh, for first time home buyers as big policy that that I remember pushing as an MPP and Mike Harris did that then I, I got to serve as the consumer minister uh, consumer and business services uh, under Premier Eves, 2002-2003. And I worked very closely with ARIA at the time to bring in the Real Estate Business Brokers Act, which really raised the standards in terms of consumer protection, strengthening the industry, and also brought in RICO, the regulator. Yep. And I, I think, you know, Todd, we're way ahead of our time and working in partnership with ARIA because some of the problems that Vancouver ran into around some of the ethical issues there we had already contemplated and had in our legislation from 14 years ago. Yeah, and I do remember a lot of the rule changes, um, you know, being licensed uh, since the early 90s. One of the things I've always recognized is that there is a huge need in the industry for rules and regulations. People have to be held accountable. You know, agents need to be kept in check to a certain degree. It's a wonderful industry, and the people that are out there, and folks, as you know, I always will tell you that I believe in a full-time professional agent always, you know, looking out for your best interests. This is one of the things that I've always condoned here on the show. I'm, I'm a big believer in that aspect of it. And I think there are hundreds and thousands of top-notch professional people in the industry. But fortunately, there are some of the watchdogs out there being the Ricos of the world. And again, when Vancouver, or more importantly, BC, didn't have a lot of the regulation in place, this is where we heard some of the, you know, the flipping aspects, some of the ghost offers, everything that was happening. You know, everybody thought that listening to Vancouver, it's the same in Toronto, but Toronto has such a, a stronger um, you know, mandate for keeping people online with the rules and regulations. You know, people do quickly get brought to task when they're over the line, where they didn't have that in the province of, uh, of British Columbia. And this is why, you know, it was the Wild West. You know, it was a good way of putting it. It's like, you know, you can picture the sheriff coming to town and, you know, bad guy with guns. Well, that's basically where a lot of the realtors were practicing out in, in, in the BC area because it was just, you know, make, make hay when you can, where Toronto is a, a much more controlled environment. And Tim, I, I have to commend you for being able to get a lot of these things through in your time in government because it's, it's important that people realize how important this kind of stuff is. So, you know, a couple of hot topics, though, you know, in the news, obviously, uh, one of the things is the new introduction potentially here of a, a foreign buyer tax. What do you think about that? And, and is something that would you support it? And is it something that, uh, you know, we should, we've got to be cautious looking at BC? Oh, yeah. So I, I think um, Aria responded very well to this. So Ray Ferris, our, our president, and then Toronto Real Estate Board, Larry Cirque, the president, they, they co-wrote a letter to the Minister Fans that laid out exactly how they said, okay, let's take a bit of a breather here in Ontario. Let's make sure we're making decisions based on evidence and what's really happening, that it was a knee-jerk reaction in British Columbia, and let's see what's actually going to happen there before you consider this. They also bring up, I think, is the most important point, there are two sides to any kind of economics equation. There's demand. People are buying homes. Great, but they're becoming expensive. What about the supply side? Are we bringing enough uh, detached homes 
uh, onto the marketplace that people can't afford. There have been a series of legislative and regulatory matters from places to grow to the green belt to development charges that are putting home ownership in the GTA particularly out of reach of young couples and new graduates. Sure. So before we jump on something else that's going to make things you know, more expensive or take away value from existing homeowners, let's look at increasing the supply side into the marketplace to help ease off the pressure on prices. See, I think that's a great idea. And, and you know, t- typically in this marketplace, we do know it's completely a lack of supply. I know a lot of people are jumping up and down on the affordability being the interest rates, but supply is at a, you know, almost a historic low at this point. In fact, you know, we can go back 10 years and we've never been this low. And yet, you know, Toronto proper GTA grows with an immigration of over 100,000 people every single year. So when you have that much growth, you know, we had some staggering numbers last year, 102,000 transactions here in the GTA area. Uh, that's properties exchanging hands. But when you take a look at it, with 100,000 people new, uh, you know, coming into the city every single year, of course that number's got to go up. And so I don't think that that's going to change. I think the demand will remain. So supply is going to be the number one factor to controlling the pricing. And, and you know, when we take a look at these these increases, 20%, you know, 30%, I think that that's not sustainable. I think it's a very dangerous precedence to set. I think that if we sit around 5 or 8%, that's a natural growth in any marketplace. And I hope that we can get back to that number just to keep things stable. And I'm sure a few of you are saying, they're saying, hey, Todd, I'm a speculator. What are you saying? But the point is, is that I don't want, I don't want it to get to the point where nobody can afford and we're at such a dangerous level that it, when we do see interest rates go up, and they will, then you know we're going to get ourselves in a real tough Exactly. Situation. What I add to that, too, is you want to make sure that people also have choices. There will be those that want to live in condos. There will be those that want to live in a semi-detached place in an urban area. There will be those of us who want to have a yard in the garden and some place to kick the soccer ball or throw the ball around with the kids. So if we're trying to jam everybody into one type of housing, that's going to cause problems in the marketplace, too. So I think we need to address the supply side and make sure that we give people choices because different times of life, we're going to want different types of accommodations. Can we suggest, um, do you think, to to the current uh, leadership that if they're going to introduce this, that they at least give them more of a, a perhaps a 60-day window or a start and stop time for the closings as opposed to the knee-jerk reaction with the, with BC? Well, I, I think that you're already giving away too much there. So I, I think the letter that, uh, that Ray and, and Larry wrote on behalf of ARIA and the Toronto Real Estate Board, TREB, um, was very thoughtful, very detailed. Yep. So uh, they didn't even get that much. They said, well, let's make sure that what's happening in Vancouver, is that really the, the problem here? Is yep. there speculative buying and foreign buyer, speculating a foreign buyer? Are the people who are moving here or they're buying a place for their son or daughter who's moving here or coming to school here? So make sure that you actually diagnose the problem before you start offering a treatment that's going to take value away from other people. Yeah. And, and of course, we don't want to affect, you know, people that are currently owning that have anticipated the closing, uh, you know, at the higher price. So. Yeah, it seemed like an extraordinary knee-jerk reaction that didn't think through. Now, I don't live in Vancouver. We have pressure issues here. But I think there's a lot better ideas we can put on the table that are going to make homeownership more affordable than a knee-jerk reaction that's done and causing deals that have actually been finalized to fall apart last minute. Yeah. Excellent. Well, listen, Tim, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You're an awesome guest. I think that um, the Ontario Real Estate Board is very fortunate to have you as the new CEO and uh, definitely something that we're going to want to watch and have you come back with us here at Simply Real Estate. No, thanks, thanks, Todd, for what you're doing for the industry and answering folks' questions and talking through the issues in a serious way. And I, if I pass my audition, I'd love to come back sometime down the road. Thanks. 
so much, Tim. So when we come back, I've got Alex Avery joining me. He is the author of The Wealthy Renter. You don't want to miss this. He's got an interesting take on it. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. So I've got a new guest joining me today, and um, the gentleman's name is Alex Avery, and he's a chartered financial analyst, licensed property uh, appraiser, and he does uh, his day job, though, is analyzing publicly traded real estate companies at CIBC World Markets. But more importantly, the reason why we've asked Alex to join us today is he is the author of of the wealthy renter and uh, Alex, uh, welcome to the uh, to Simply Real Estate. Thanks for having me, Todd. So you know, um, interesting title, of course, uh, the wealthy renter. And uh, maybe if you don't mind, share us uh, a little bit of your premise of your book um, of of why a title like the wealthy renter. I mean, you know, so many people are used to listening to people talk about wealth and ownership of real estate. How can somebody be a wealthy renter? Well, it's true. As you noted, I, I think uh, in reality, Canadians are addicted to home ownership, And why shouldn't they be? Home ownership is promoted aggressively to the point where anyone speaking out in favor of renting is ridiculed and criticized. And today you find a lot of young people feeling a lot of pressure to buy homes. It comes from friends, family, real estate agents, neighbors, lenders, even the government is in the business of promoting home ownership. And so with this very, very, very biased environment in which people are trying to make uh, housing decisions, I thought that, it, you know, particularly today, it's important to tell the other side of that story, which is that renting has a lot to offer. You know, I think, I think it's an, a, a wonderful idea. And, and if you're, you're, you're aware, you know, uh, here at Simply Real Estate, I am the simple investor as well. And I'm a huge advocate of ownership. But one of the reasons why I'm such a huge advocate of ownership is the fact I'm a huge advocate that there's a lot of renters. <laughs> you know, um, when, when, when people own investment properties, you need just as many people being tenants. So it's got to have kind of a balance. And so when we, when we take a look from a financial perspective, I mean, from an, obviously from an investor's perspective, everybody wants to have a great tenant that's going to pay them. And for a lot of tenants nowadays, especially with the marketplace, the way it's gone, it's a lot more affordable to rent. But when you talk about wealthy renter, is there an actual time frame that you think people should rent? Or do you believe that nobody should really own real estate? Well, I, uh, I, I don't think that... Uh there's any scenario in which people shouldn't own real estate. I think that uh, housing is like prescription drugs. There is no prescription for everyone. And even for each individual, your needs change over time. So it's not simply possible that home ownership is the best decision for everyone all of the time. And I think today there's a stronger argument for renting than there has been in the past 25 years. Home prices have been rising at a high rate for the past 20 years. First-time home buyers today are borrowing more as a percentage of their income than they have at any time in Canadian history. Canadians are more broadly indebted than they've ever been, and interest rates are close to zero. So I think now is the time for people to consider renting as an alternative, and that's aside from investment real estate. 
So um, interestingly, uh, you know, enough that a lot of people promote the idea that over time you're paying down a mortgage. And, you know, you and I both know when people calculate out mortgages, they normally look at an amortization time, which is means, you know, the start to finish of any debt. And when we look at it, a lot of people use 25 year as the amortization. Is this is this still sensical? Because, you know, again, you know, I, you know, a lot of our listeners know my take on it, but I'd rather I'd rather, you know, give you like, you know, uh, you know, clear a clear line here and, and, and let you, you know, really discuss some of the down uh, downfalls of actually with that mentality and what people what people are actually incurring. Well, I think there's a, a, a very common misconception amongst Canadians that home ownership has been a fabulous investment over the last 25 years. And I think a big part of that misconception comes from a lack of understanding of what is actually creating the wealth that homeowners are generating. And that, as you pointed out, is that 25-year amortization period where you borrow a lot of money and you're basically uh, setting up a forced savings program where each mortgage payment includes some interest, but it also includes some principal. And so effectively, you're forcing yourself to save every month for 25 years. And I think that that is a much bigger component of the wealth that many Canadians generate through home ownership. And the important part, I think, to understand is that that is a financing structure that actually has nothing to do with the actual house itself. You can arrange or set up a forced savings program for almost any asset. Okay. So, Alex, so my question then to you would be this. And, and again, if we look at it, you know, a lot of people talk about the stock market, for instance, and, you know, over time, they'll say that in some, in some regards, it's outperformed real estate. And this is normally when we, we're talking about straight ownership. If you were to talk about investment real estate, so let's say you yourself, and, and, and I just use the fictitious you, is, uh, is going to rent a property. Okay, this is where you're going to live. But you were to buy an investment property and you had a tenant paying down your debt. Is that more sensical than always worrying about you, you know, your primary residence about owning it? Because if we take a look from an uh, analytical standpoint, investment real estate is actually a much better return than personal real estate. I would completely agree. And one of the topics that we address in the book is a concept that I like to call investment creep. And that is, if your listeners are to go out and buy an apartment building or a a house and rent it out to someone, they will behave a lot differently knowing that that is actually an investment. They'll keep track of the expenses. They'll calculate their return with, you know, a lot more sophisticated analysis. Whereas when people buy a principal residence, they tend to overinvest in it they spend more money on that principal residence than they would otherwise, and they end up consuming a lot more housing than they would otherwise if they were renting because they believe it's an investment. And that's the problem with principal residences is that they're not just an investment and they're not just consumption. There's a blurry line in between, and it's that lack of clarity that you know I think ends up 
prompting a lot of Canadians to over-consume housing. And I would have to agree with your with your analogy there, because a lot of times, and, and I always caution people with their primary residence of not overextending themselves, because it's a natural knee-jerk reaction that, you know, they want the best, greatest, and, and in the end, you know, they're, they're trying to get that fit and finish. When we talk about investment real estate, of course, we look at, the, obviously, returns. You know, is it able to carry its debt? Is there going to be an appreciation? What is the pay-down going to happen through it? And so, you know, we, we, it is now becoming a business. And unfortunately, I do believe that there is a crossover between primary residence and investment real estate. And everybody looks at it saying, you know, this is my primary resident. Yeah, it's all, you know, for years, everything goes up. But again, they're not always aware that what when they have to do repairs, you know, the cost of it to maintaining a property, it's coming out of their own personal expense, where if it's an investment property, the cost of maintaining it can actually be written off. So there's actually a tax break from an investment standpoint, but not from a primary residence. Well, and I think as well, if you were to say that you had an uh, apartment that you were renting out and you looked at, you know, upgrading the kitchen, you would look at the return on investment. How much more rent could you generate? If you're renovating your own kitchen, the return on your investment is your enjoyment of that kitchen. And the financial aspect of that is not necessarily tracked or measured. Right. And, 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 and you're dealing with after-tax dollars. When, when you do an improvement to an investment property, of course, it can, be, it can be the other way. You obviously have been analyzing the market. You've been taking a look at it. Where do you see our market going? Do you, do you see it still? You know, do, you, do you see uh, perhaps a bubble in the future? And one of the reasons why a lot of people are being encouraged to now rent uh, from a primary residence standpoint is because they believe that there could be a major adjustment. Is this something you see coming up in the future? Well, I think every market is unique, and in the book, I actually explore each of Canada's primary markets, and I think each market tells a different story. What I would say is that I think today is a better time to rent than any time in the last 25 years, and that's because house prices are much, much higher as a percentage of income than they have been at any point in Canadian history. People are borrowing more money than they ever have in the history of the Canadian housing market. And there doesn't seem like there's the same prospect for returns in the future that there has been in the past. And I think another misconception, again, people believe that homes have been a fabulous investment, when in fact, if you took $100 and put it into Canadian housing in 1990, today you'd have about $260. If you'd done the same thing with the S&P TSX Composite, that $100 would be about $690. So the stock market has actually massively outperformed housing. And I think the other thing that people forget about the housing market is that it is a cyclical investment. And it's just at the point where 20 years of up in, uh, up movement in house prices has been convincing people that house prices only ever go up, that you run the risk of seeing house prices go down. And when you're using, you know, 5, 10, 15 times leverage, that's the time that you don't want to see prices go down. Excellent. You know, some great points, Alex. And um, so just for our listeners' sake, where can they find your book, by the way? They can find it at their favorite bookstore. They can find it on indigo.ca, amazon.ca. Okay, and it is called The Wealthy Renter. And, uh, folks, this is uh, author Alex Avery. Alex, thanks so much for joining us today at Simply Real Estate. We greatly appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me on. Okay, thanks so much. And so, folks, um, you know, interesting take on it. Um, is uh, Does it make sense for everybody to 
uh, oh, the rent their primary residence right now. So live under somebody else's roof, pay rent, and own investment in real estate. You know what? Interesting take on it. And I got to tell you, I actually uh, I have to agree with Alex in a lot of regards. I, I do be, believe some people are overextending themselves uh, when we're talking about in uh, buying their own primary residence. But more importantly, your rate of return is so much better when it is investment real estate and it really is a business. So I uh, just want to thank my guests this week as well, of course, Ian Grant, my producer. And I want to thank you for tuning in. Now, remember, October 19th, we've got our simple seminar. Go to the simpleinvestor.com to register today. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next week. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010.